What is up, everyone, and welcome to the 16th edition of the All Access Sports Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Shroggy. How are you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. How are you? I am just fine. Um, today, we have joined together to talk about our college basketball 2020-2021 predictions. So, similarly to how we did our college football predictions, we're just going to run through each conference. We're going to give you a winner, a sleeper, and an underperformer. And just do that through all our all the conferences. And then we'll give you three player of the year candidates and then our final fours in our national championship. So what are, what are your initial impressions on how this season's going to turn out with COVID and everything going on? Yeah, for sure. And just under uh, two weeks until we get underway. So yeah, definitely excited. But um, for sure, uh, definitely going to be one of our uh, weirdest college basketball seasons, but I'm super excited. No doubt. And um, you know, Jim Beheim, who's one of the um, biggest coaches in, in the country, just tested positive today, which is pretty big news. And um, this is kind of all barring how Rick Bettina, who's one of the biggest figures in the sport, just recently came out saying, like, we need to delay the season because all these teams are kind of under fire right now. And um, they don't think that with all the rises and cases going on right now that they're going to be able to get a full season in. So, um just interesting to see how these high figures in the sport and what, what their opinions are. Uh, yeah. And uh, especially with like a sport like basketball, like, like Jim Beheim has it, then the whole team's going to get um, contact trace. So like the whole team's out for two weeks. So yeah, that'll definitely con uh, cancel about three or four games. So tough for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll see if it really does start on time, but both of us are big basketball fans. So we hope it does. Um, let's kind of get this started going through our ACC predictions. Andrew, who do you have winning the ACC this year? Yeah, uh, for my winner, I put Duke. Uh, super loaded class, and they actually return a lot compared to the previous years. But uh, Matthew Hurt, um, Wendell Moore, to name a few. But, yeah, uh, Duke's always a, a no-brainer, in, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good pick, and I feel like this is kind of a two-team race. I went with Virginia. You know, Kihei Clark has been there through the Final Four National Championship run. Um, you know, last year the team lost a lot of scoring, and he kind of proved that he could carry this team, not scoring, but just distributing in a way that kind of um, gets a lot of people involved, which really helped a team that really didn't have a whole lot of scoring going on. So um, they do lose two of their top three scorers in Braxton Key and Mamadi um, Diakite. So I think that Kihei can continue that load, especially with a guy like Sam Hauser coming in. Um, for the Cavaliers yeah for sure and uh kind of funny uh my overrated team for the for this year is Virginia so me and you might might have to debate on that a little wow. um, but yeah why would you say they're overrated what, what's your thought process I mean obviously uh DKTA was their biggest part uh not only offensively but defensively just his presence there uh but obviously they they have one of the Hauser brothers uh I think it's Joey Hauser Sam Sam Hauser uh the better Hauser brother um, but, yeah, he should probably make up for him, but I'm not sure about uh, defensively. I mean, Sam Hauser grabs lots of rebounds, but, I mean, I'm sure that the coach will find a way to fit him in on defense. Yeah, and you make a valid point, like just kind of a question mark going into the season, but I would argue that last year was also a question mark, and they, they figured it out, which they probably would have been like a four or five seed in the tournament. Um, you know, I wouldn't question their defense at all because Tony Bennett seems to always have this team playing really solid defense. And um, that's regardless of what players they are, because as we know, Kyle Guy was a guy coming out of, uh, out of high school that wasn't really known for his defense, but um, 
under a Tony Bennett system, he sort of figured that out. So I'm not doubting this team. I think that Tony Bennett is one of the best coaches in the country and he can sort of figure that out for them. Yeah, for sure. And um, Virginia might've lost a lot, but they also gained a lot. Um, Obviously they have a pretty good class in uh, Jabri uh, Abdur Rahim, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's really good in my opinion. And then uh, they have this really good transfer from Rice, uh, Trey Murphy. He's like 6'8", shoots about 40% from three, uh, does it all super long, can guard one through five. Um, but, yeah, just watching him last year at Rice just really excited me as a player. And once I saw that he opened – once I saw that he went to the transfer portal, uh, I know wh- whoever was getting him was getting a really good player. No doubt. And you mentioned Virginia was your um, overrated or underperforming team. For me, it's Louisville this year. Um, they lose their top four scores, which is always going to be hard on any team, no matter how well they recruit. Um, you know, under Chris Mack, they've gained a lot of uh, good players um, from recruiting, and it's no different this year. So they have a lot of young talent. But in my opinion, I think they're just one or two years away from kind of developing that young talent into some veteran leadership um, that we're used to seeing at Louisville. So I, I think Louisville is a, a solid team, but I don't think they'll live up to the expectations, especially with not a lot of veteran leadership. Andrew, can you give me a sleeper team going into the ACC this year? Yeah. So uh, my sleeper team was NC State. Um, I think their freshman class is just the, the big difference. I mean, obviously for right now, but like the future too. Um, they got Cam Hayes, who I, I watched him in person last year. Absolute stud. Um, Basically creates his own shot and makes shots for others, and that's why he's so good. Um, but, yeah, obviously you lose guys like Markel Johnson, like those type of guys. It hurts. Um, but, like, NC State's, like, the perfect team for the future, and, like, I don't think they're getting the respect that they, that, that they should be getting. And that's a good pick. And, you know, Ink Tapes, who we had on the podcast just a few days ago, will go on and on about how he thinks this is the year for NC State. So, um, you know, if they start rolling this year, we're going to have to have him come back on and sort of talk about how he's feeling about the Wolfpack. Um, for my sleeper team, I went with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a team that is returning five out of their six top leading scores, And that's from a fifth place team in the ACC last year. Um, uh, guard Mike DeVoe is one of the best guards in the conference. So I think that if he can kind of bring back the production he was getting for the team last year, that um, he's going to be able to, you know, fill that void in the backcourt that they really haven't had over the past couple of years. So, you know, I really like this team, and I feel like they are a good example for kind of my criteria for teams that I expect to be good this year um, are just ones that are returning a lot of players, especially in a year where there's a lot of uncertainty and having a good chemistry with your teammates is something that is um, going to be looked on very um, highly this year. So that's why I like Georgia Tech going into this season. Yeah, for sure. And um, going back to my sleeper pick, I picked uh, NC State, obviously, but Georgia Tech was right next to him. But, I mean, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, both have really good guard play. Mike DeVoe, obviously, always makes the right play, score first, but can always get his teammates involved. And then uh, going back to NC State, NC State actually lost their top um, commit, Josh Hall, who was top 30 in the country, 31st mm-hmm. or something. Yep. Um, yeah, went pro, but like I watched him in person last year. One of the smoothest games that I've ever seen, and his game translates straight to the pros. Like, I think I think that Josh Hall's a baby Katie, a baby Katie that's not getting the respect that Katie deserved. Yeah, for sure. And Josh Hall, I mean, I don't really know what to say. Like, Josh, if Josh Hall went to NC State, NC State would be contenders for the ACC. Mm-hmm. No doubt. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to check on Josh Hall's production in the pros because, you know, that's kind of a bold take, baby KD. Oh, it, just like his moves and stuff at 6'10", mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> I like it, though. I like it, though. Let's move on to the Big 12. Um, you know, a conference that was very good last year. Who, who do you have winning this conference, Andrew? Yeah, so uh, I picked Texas Tech. Um, obviously, transfer you uh, there. Um, but, yeah, um, lost some players. But, I mean, then again, getting a lot back. Uh, Mac McClung, obviously, is, is a big name. Um, not the most – I mean, he, he was a really high, high school prospect. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't as highly rated as people credit him for. Um, but, yeah, um, they also have a transfer from VCU, who I really like, Jordan Silva Santos, I think his name is, mm-hmm. something like that. He's really good, too. And, yeah, I mean, I just like this team, and I think Chris Beard can take them to the Big 12 title. No doubt. And they kind of have that formula from just a few years ago where they did go to the um, to the uh, national championship. Just a lot of transfers coming in to help this team, and they seem to have a lot of those year in and year out, which will always make them a contender. Um, for me, I went with Baylor. You know, I feel like Baylor's the best team in the country, and they did lose a big piece in their center, Freddie Gillespie. But for the rest of the team, they kind of retained everyone else that was on the roster and everyone that had a big role on the team. Um, you know, Tristan Clark was a backup center last year. He didn't play much, but when he did, he kind of showed signs of being just a, a really good guy to fill Gillespie's place. And I think that if he can kind of come in and do similar stuff to what Gillespie did last year, that this team is far and away the best team in the country. Um, just a guard play of Jared Butler, Masio Teague, and um, Mark Vidal. Just those three guys are just a, a great base for building a great team. And Scott Drews continues to be one of the most underrated um, coaches in the country so I don't know why they couldn't just finish off what they started last year yeah for sure and uh, I think this conference is going to come down to guard play um, obviously Texas Tech Kansas and um, Baylor all have terrific guard play you got Marcus Garrett from Kansas you got all those dudes that you just listed from uh, Baylor Master Teague and them mm-hmm. and then uh, from Texas Tech th- there was a lot of players I forgot about uh, Kyler Edwards who had the huge national championship game mm-hmm. like 20 something uh, Mac McClung, obviously, and then uh, Namari Burnett, who was a five-star too. So, uh, yeah, definitely super exciting. No doubt. Um, Andrew, who was your under underperformer for the Big 12 this year? In other words, a team that you feel is kind of overrated going into this season. Yeah, so uh, my overrated team for this Big 12 conference was Texas. Um, you know, I just don't think they have enough this year. Uh, obviously, getting Greg Brown was huge, basically took – uh, Shaka Smart off the hot seat, but um, I just don't see them having the success that everyone ha- that everyone thinks they will. Um, obviously, Texas is overrated every single year in football, and I think uh, that Texas will be overrated in basketball this year too. That's a good pick, and you know, for me, it was kind of hand in hand. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas, and Kansas is a, on the verge of being a top ten team this year, and you know they're good year in and year out, but honestly, with the loss of um, Azabuki and Devon Dotson, two of their biggest veterans from last year. I just feel like this team has just two huge roles to fill that it's going to be hard to do in such a such a weird season. And, um, you know, they're bringing in a lot of solid players, but they're also losing a lot of role players like Zach Moss and stuff. So I just feel like this team, I feel like they're good, but I don't know if they're going to be able to fill the void of some of those big spots that they, they're losing um, – from some of the guys that they lost last year 
Yeah, and this Kansas team is really going to need uh, Marcus Gary to step up. Obviously, um, probably the best defensive player last year, but mm-hmm. uh, his scoring load is going to have to go way up with Devon Dodson and uh, Yudoka Azubuki gone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the big takeaways for me is that they're going to have a lot of trouble trying to find buckets where they were getting them very easily last year. Yeah, it was basically just iso ball, pick and roll between Dotson and uh, Azubuki. No doubt. Um, so that'll be an interesting storyline to follow. Who do you have as kind of a sleeper team going into this season? Yeah, so uh, my sleeper team was Oklahoma State. Um, obviously, Oklahoma State got the postseason ban. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I have the best player in the country, in my opinion. Best freshman in the country, I mean. Cade uh, Cunningham, just a super underrated player. 6'6", just does it all, scores, plays really good defense. I watched him at the John Wall tournament last year when he played for Montverde. Uh, just him and Scotty Barnes and them, like, all just, like, like it was crazy how good he is on defense and how hard he plays at all times. You know, and that's a good pick. And I went with the team that kind of rivals Oklahoma State. I went with Oklahoma. You know, they lost their best score from last year, Christian Doolittle. Um, but their next two best scores are uh, Austin Reeves and Brady Manick, and both of them are coming back. Um, Austin Reeves kind of emerged as one of the best scores in the conference last year, late in, in conference play. And I don't see why he couldn't do the same thing this year. And then um, I recently heard Fran Fraschilla, who's one of the Big 12's biggest analyst guys, um, say that Brady Manick was kind of a, a Larry Bird light. So if he can live up to anywhere that expectation is, then I would expect um, this team to, to make the tournament and just be one of the top contenders in the Big 12. Yeah, for sure. And this whole Big 12 conference is going to be tough. Um, I think they have the most ranked teams. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they, they have tons of powerhouse teams like Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech. So, yeah, uh, definitely going to be an exciting conference. Yeah, and definitely the most top-heavy conference, um, I, I would argue, because I, I would say that they're the deepest conference, but then there's the Big 10 who continues to be deep year in and year out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, going off that note, uh, let's move on to the Big 10. Sam, what's your winner? You know, I, I'm going to have to go with Illinois. Um, they're bringing a ton back from last year, and in my opinion, they have the best um, point guard and center duo in A.O. Dasumu and Kofi Coburn. Um, they have a ton of great guard play, and it's very easy for them to go four guard, four guard one big rotation. And I feel like that's going to be something that we kind of see a lot as we move forward in the world of basketball. And I feel like Illinois is just a team with a lot of experience, a lot of depth, and they're going to be wanting to kind of fill what they were doing last year and maybe translate that into being one of the best teams in the country. So, you know, I'm going to go Illinois just because of the depth that they're bringing back and um, the fact that they have a top three player in the country on their team. Yeah, for sure. And going off that, um, my winner was also Illinois. Um, and I think I was the best player in the country. I mean, just his scoring ability. Uh, watching, I watched him as a freshman in person. Uh, just hit tons of clutch shots. He's always there to make the clutch shot. And uh, this team's super deep. Their recruiting class is really good. They had Andre Curbelo from Long Island, who I think is super underrated. And then, obviously, the big guy, Adam Miller from Chicago. So, yeah, you got Trent Frazier, um, Io, Adam Miller, and uh, Andre Curbelo for guards now and then you got obviously Georgie and uh Kofi Coburn as bigs yeah and the depth that this team brings back is just something that we don't see a lot um throughout the country kind of like I said and ultimately it's gonna it's gonna be what puts him over the top in this conference who do you have as your underperformer in the Big Ten 
Yeah, so my uh, underperformer in the Big Ten was Wisconsin. Um, I just don't really see uh, Demetrius Trice and Nate Rivers running the, running the table like they did last year and winning the conference like they did last year. Um, obviously, they didn't lose a ton from last year, but I just don't think they're as talented as teams like Illinois, and I, I, don't, I don't think they can hold up with teams like Iowa and those teams. Yeah, and, you know, I would honestly argue with that. I, I said that Illinois would win, but it was – for me, between Illinois and Wisconsin, I, honestly, I think that Wisconsin is going to be very solid because they did win the Big Ten last year, and they're virtually bringing that whole squad back. They had a smaller rotation last year, and they're only losing one guy from that rotation, and it was one of the bench players in Brevin Pritzel. So um, I would argue that I think Wisconsin is actually going to be pretty good. Um, but my underperforming team is the Michigan Wolverines. They lose um, Xavier Simpson, John Teske, and David DeJulius, and I feel like those are three guys that had a huge role last year. Um, without Simpson this year, they really don't have a true point guard, and you know Eli Brooks is a, is a solid guard, but he's not a true point guard that you can rely on to you know, distribute the ball to all these wings that they have. Um, so with that being said, I don't think Michigan's going to do very well this year. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's a short-term thing because, you know, 2021, they're bringing in some of the best players in the country. So I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan has a down year this year and then brings it right back with a very good season. Yeah, and obviously talking about, like, the true point guard player and that stuff. Um, one player they actually brought in was transfer Mike Davis. or Yeah, I think that's his name, from Columbia. Put up, like, 23 points a game at Columbia. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't call him a true point guard. I, I'd call him more of like a scoring point guard. Obviously don't have the passer and Xavier Simpson and defender. Um, but Mike Davis can definitely be a, a solid contributor, putting up like maybe like 15 a game for them and winning some games for them. No doubt. Um, no doubt. And, you know, the only thing I would say about that is that I wonder how translating from a school like Columbia is going to, you know, follow itself over to playing in a at a Big Ten school where you know in the Big Ten conference everything's a lot more physical than in any other conference so that'll be interesting to see how Davis kind of performs yeah for sure and uh going back last year this Columbia team only went six and 24 mm-hmm. and they had uh Mike Davis who went to Michigan and then uh Patrick Tape who's now at Duke so you have two players like that with that talent you're only winning six games I mean you're starting to question mm-hmm. Can can Mike Davis lead a team like like was there locker room issues uh, like that type of stuff? A hundred percent agreed. Um, Andrew, who's your sleeper team in the Big Ten this year? Yeah, so uh, my sleeper team was Minnesota. Um, I just think like they never get the respect that they deserve, and obviously, rightfully so in some years. But I think this year is different. Um, you got Marcus Carr, who's still one of the best guards in the country, scores at will pretty much. Uh, it's just iso ball for him. And then they have uh, Drake transfer, Liam Robbins, who's one player that I really liked personally. So, yeah, I could definitely see a, a turnaround year for Minnesota and finishing in the top six in the Big Ten. For sure. Um, and I'm going to go with IU. You know, I am an IU fan, so I'm going to try to keep the bias out of this. But um, IU has a ton of guard depth that they're bringing in, especially with adding guys like Trey Galloway, Christian Lander, and um, Anthony Leal, just a, a ton of guards that they can play. Um, I feel like Trace Jackson Davis is a top three player in the Big Ten, um, barring any injury that he may have. But, you know, last year he was just so good for this team. Um, and then I feel like this team is just a bunch of good shooting away from really being a Final Four contender because the, the one thing that was holding them back last year was just 
um, just a strength in being able to shoot the ball from three. And if they can somehow figure out a way to do that this year, then I would expect this team to be very good. Obviously, the the Big Ten's bigs are like crazy. I mean, you got Kofi Coburn, um, Luka Garza, obviously, and other dudes. So I, I think that I think that they have the best bigs in the country. And I would agree with you. Like like we kind of said, the Big Twelve has the best guards. I would say that the Big Ten has the best bigs. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on, let's go to the Big East. Who do you have winning the Big East this year? Yeah, so uh, my Big East winner was uh, the expected team, uh, Villanova. Um, not much else really to say about them. You got Colin uh, Gillespie to, to lead this team, and uh, I just really don't see any other team really competing. I can see them going. To, to be honest, I can see them going undefeated in uh, conference play. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm going to go with Villanova too. They did lose arguably their best player in Sadiq Bay, but – um, they are returning a lot of veteran guys that kind of led this team last year. You know, like you said, Colin Gillespie is one of those guards that Villanova always seems to have that is just continuously making this team what it normally is. Um, I feel like this team's kind of similar to that 2018 Villanova team that won it all that year. Just they have a ton of solid guys and just a great point guard. So I would not be surprised if Villanova wins it all this year. And they're definitely my pick to win the Big East. Yeah, and uh, obviously um, that Vill- that Villanova team had like the player of the year in Josh Hart, and I can see uh, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl being that player for that team. Mm-hmm. Agree with you. Um, how do you feel about a team like Creighton because they did win the regular season last year? Um, how do you feel about them this year? Yeah, so uh, obviously moving on to our overrated team, that's the team that I put for overrated. Um, you got one of the best players in the country, and Marcus Zagorowski. But outside of that, I, I like I don't think they have enough. I mean, you have Alex O'Connell, the Duke transfer who struggled to find minutes in the in the in the last part of the Duke season, which is par- probably part of the reason why he transferred. Um, yeah, but outside of that, I just don't see them having enough to compete with teams like Villanova, and even teams like Seton Hall. So, yeah, I'm over a team. Yeah, and I would kind of agree with you on that opinion for um, Creighton. Yeah, my underperforming team is Butler, and I feel like this is all accredited to the fact that they're losing Kamar Baldwin. You know, he was a player that had a huge impact in the offense last year. I feel like every time I watched Butler basketball, Kamar Baldwin was getting a shot every other possession or stuff like that. Just they relied on him so much, and they do have guys that, may be able to fill that role, but none of them are going to be able to, you know, fill such a big role that Baldwin left for this team. So I feel like Butler is going to struggle scoring the ball this year, especially kind of um, filling in that void for Kamar Baldwin. Yeah, and uh, obviously I'm going to try to stay on topic and talk about this year. But last year, um, I think Kamar Baldwin was the best guard in the country. I mean, you got dudes like Anthony Edwards, but like Kamar Baldwin's worth at, uh, work ethic and like just the way he plays, like, how hard he plays defensively, how much he has the ball in his hands, like playing, playing pretty much the whole game, taking like what, like one minute breaks. Mm-hmm. And then probably the clutchest player in the country. I mean, I've never seen a dude hit more game winners. And I was lucky enough to be there to watch some of his games this freshman year. I'm sure you were too. Yeah, I was. I think we went together for that one. Yeah, but had some clutch moments. Um, Obviously, stealing the ball from Josh Hart, making the game-winning layup against Villanova when Villanova was, like, the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. Just stands out to me. And then in his second game ever as a college basketball player, he, he hits a game-winner 
against a really good Northwestern team. Do you have any fun Kamar Baldwin stories for us? Uh, yeah. So one time I was like, I was with him and then like my dad had me guard him in a drill. <laughs> so like, I was just guarding him. Like I, I like poked the ball a couple of times and then he got real, real serious. <laughs> so, uh, that next time when I guarded him, like I was like guarding him and, and he just like blew by me and dunked it with one hand. I'm like, bro, it's not that serious, but, um, obviously a super competitive dude. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of an interesting story because it really does show, um, how um, competitive the guy is, like you mentioned. Um, but unfortunately for Butler, they will not be having Kamar Ball in this season, which is just a total bummer for them. Moving on, who do you have as a sleeper for the Big East? Yeah, so uh, my sleeper team was uh, Seton Hall. Um, they have one of the best guards in the country. I mean, I feel like they always do. Um, but yeah, uh, they have one of the best guards in the country. Transfer Bryce Aiken from Harvard. Um, him and um, Seth Towns were just electric at Harvard and uh, I think Bryce Aiken is super underrated, and I, I can't wait to see what he, what he can do with this team. Yeah, and that's a good pick. And I feel like some people may disagree with you, but I would completely agree with that pick. Yeah, and my sleeper team was Providence. They lost Pipkins and Diallo, but they bring back a lot of other veteran players um, for this team. And I feel like this team just continues to add depth. And in my opinion, I would never count out an Ed Cooley team because he just shows us year in and year out that he can compete with teams that aren't necessarily as good as their talent says. So my pick was Providence. Yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, Ed Cooley always gets the most out of his players, and that's what I love about him and uh, this Providence team. Absolutely. Um, our, last, our second to last conference, let's move on to the Pac-12. Who, who do you have winning the Pac-12? Yeah, so uh, my winner for the Pac-12 was a team that not a lot of people are going to pick to win, um, but I picked Stanford. Um, obviously, getting five-star uh, Zaria Williams was huge, <clears throat> but they have tons of players outside of that that people just like don't really know how underrated they are, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's a good pick, and you know, Stanford is one of those teams that continues to be solid year in and year out. Um, I actually went with Arizona State. I feel like Remy Martin is the best player in the conference. He's shown that the last couple of years where he's just been such a great veteran for um, this team and just had them in games that they wouldn't normally be in. You know, they got Josh Christopher, who is one of the best um, freshmen in the country, and um, he's just going to be a great player for this team. And similar, similarly to how I rated the Ed Cooley system, where you never count out an Ed Cooley team, I would never count out a Bobby Hurley team because um, I just loved him as a player back in the day. And, you know, I love him as a coach too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of teams that can win this conference. And uh, obviously Arizona State has a lot. Uh, Josh Christopher and Stanford has Zaria Williams and those dudes. So lots of freshman talent. But uh, Stanford has, like, talking about that other talent, like I, forgot, I completely forgot that, like, they had Dejon Davis, mm -hmm. who is a super high recruit coming out of high school. Oscar De Silva, who put up uh, almost 16 a game last year, and is probably one of the best bigs in the Pac-12, if not the best. Very, very good pick. Um, you know, and I agree. There's just a ton of teams in, in the Pac-12 that can compete, and that's why it's going to make this conference very fun this year, which we haven't really seen in the past, where it's kind of been a blowout for like team like Oregon last year or just Arizona in the past and stuff. Who do you have underperforming this year? Yeah, so I don't think a lot of people are going to like this pick, uh, but my underperforming, underperforming team was uh, UCLA. 
Um, I think Mick Cronin always gets the most out of his players. Obviously, uh, the second half that UCLA had last year, the Pac-12 was crazy. They lost like what, like one game, mm-hmm. like fourteen and one or something. Mm-hmm. Their last team. Um, but yeah, they they have a lot more talent this year. They're supposed to get Deshaun Nix. Yeah, Deshaun Nix. Yeah, Deshaun Nix, and uh, obviously losing him was huge. But he has Kentucky transfer Johnny Johnny Jujang and Tiger Campbell coming back. Um, so obviously super talented, but I just don't see them being a, a top twenty-five team. Um, I went with Arizona, and um, kind of like Butler, they're just losing a ton of guys. Um, they lose Nico Mannion, they lose Josh Green, um, Zeke Naji, and just a bunch of big losses for players that contributed heavily to this team. And um, you know, I feel like they're going to be good, and they're just a few years away under Sean Miller, who always seems to kind of figure it out regardless of a, his roster, but. I just don't think they're going to be as good as people might be speculating them to, out to be this year. For sure. Um, and then who is your sleeper team? Yeah, um, so my sleeper team, I put Colorado. Um, lots of people are picking them at the bottom of the conference, but uh, I think McKinley Wright is still super talented. Um, obviously, they lost one of their best players last year in uh, Tyler Bay. But uh, Tad Boyle, just like Tad Boyle, him and his staff don't recruit too well. But, like, they just develop players, and I can see McKinley Wright having a breakout year and maybe being uh, one of the best point guards in the country. Yeah, and that's a good pick, and it kind of feels like people are just kind of forgetting about this Colorado team because they were definitely going to be a tournament team last year, and the loss of Tyler Bay certainly doesn't help them, but ultimately it's still a solid team from last year. Um, My sleeper team is UCLA. You know, you had them as your underperformer, but – some of those things that you mentioned I feel are actually beneficial to this team. They returned nearly their whole squad. Um, they got Campbell, they got Chris Smith, and then Johnny Juzang are just a solid one, two, three um, for their roster. And I just feel like this veteran experience that they bring back is going to ultimately help them in the long run. So I, I'm going to go with UCLA as my sleeper team. Yeah, and me and you have lots of disagreements between our uh, sleeper and uh, overrated team. We sure do. We sure do. Um, lastly, finishing up, let's go to the SEC. Who do you have winning the SEC this year? Yeah, so uh, my SEC pick is actually not going to be the Blue Blood uh, Kentucky. I'm going with uh, the ten- Tennessee. Um, has probably the best guard tandem in the country with uh, Josiah Jordan-James, Jaden Springer, and Keon Johnson. I mean, I just really like their team. Um, obviously, having super high recruits helps too, but – they're also returning a lot, and for that reason, I picked them money. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because University of Tennessee's basketball program has kind of come on more than their football program has, and you wouldn't normally think of Tennessee as a basketball school. But um, I'm sure Vols fans aren't complaining because they'd love to have one solid team, but they would not expect it to be the basketball. For sure. I went with Kentucky. Um, you said you weren't going to go with the Blue Blood program, but I am. You know, as an IU fan, I cannot stand Kentucky, and it sucks having to pick them year in and year out, but I just feel like this team is just extremely good, especially with the addition of Olivier Saar, um, who they recently got a waiver for just a few weeks ago. Um, just some of these freshmen that are coming in, Devin Askew, Terrence Clark, BJ Boston, just some of the best guards in the country um, in their class, so – I feel like this team is just always reloading talent, and I expect this year to be no different. Um, so I'm going to go with Kentucky, regardless of how much I don't want to go Kentucky. 
Yeah, and Kentucky probably has the best freshman class of all of them. B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, those dudes. Mm-hmm. Devin Askew. But, uh, yeah, it's always hard to pick against Kentucky, and I don't blame you for picking them. Yeah, and my underperforming team for the SEC is going to be LSU. Um, LSU loses Skylar Mays, who is, was one of the best guards in the conference last year and was kind of their heart and soul for the past couple of years. Um, you know, I love Skyler. He was just such a competitor, and he really took that team to where they wanted to be post Ben Simmons. And the loss of that, along with guys like Emmett Williams and Marlon Taylor, are just big losses for this team. And I know they still have Javante Smart and Trina Watford coming back, but both of those guys really haven't shown that they can step up and be the veteran leader that this team needs. So that's why I'm going to go with LSU as my uh, underperforming team. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I think LSU's super talented, probably one of the most talented teams in the country with dudes like Trenton Wofford and um, Javante Smart and uh, Darius Days and those guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, all the Will Wade stuff will mess them up too, all, like, the investigations and stuff. But, yeah, and, and that's a good point because it's really uncertain whether or not this team could potentially receive, like, a postseason ban. And if the team is going to receive a ban like that, then they might just lose all motivation to play the season and ultimately not be as good as they should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, who is your sleeper team this season? Yeah, and my sleeper pick was uh, Alabama. I mean, obviously lost uh, a lottery pick in Kerr Lewis. Um, but you got tons of dudes to replace them. You got like five-star Josh Primo coming in. And then a Villanova transfer, Javon Quinterly, who was super hyped out of high school and is still super talented. But, yeah, uh, on top of that, you, you still got dudes like Jaden Shackelford, who uh, really came on last year during the uh, SEC play, and uh, John Petty, who was probably their second-best player last year. So uh, definitely super excited about this team. No doubt. And I'm going to go with another team that's kind of similar to them, um, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, you know, they just have a lot of guys coming back. They do lose Mike Kotsar, but, you know, guys like A.J. Lawson, Keyshawn Bryant are just solid dudes that anybody would want in their program. Not to mention they're bringing in a transfer from North Carolina. You guys know Seventh Woods. He was kind of a letdown at North Carolina, but he's still a solid piece that they can add um, to the roster that will ultimately help them. Yeah, one of the most uh, hyped-up high school prospects of, of all time. His his high school um, mixtape was, like, <laughs> one of the most viewed things on YouTube of, like, all time for basketball. Yeah, I remember that one. It, it sucks seeing a guy like that, you know, that comes into a school with such so much promise. But, you know, as an IU fan, Romeo Langford was kind of like that. You know, I love Romeo and stuff, but he just did not bring them to the spot that they needed to be in. For sure. Um, let's, let's kind of move on as we wrap this up. Um, give me three guys that you see could potentially winning player of the year. Yeah. Uh, so to explain to the viewers, if, if you guys don't know, so I'm going to pick one player and then Sam's going to pick his two and then I'm going to pick two and then Sam's going to pick one. So it's kind of like a draft kind of, mm -hmm. so, uh, with my first pick, I went with the best player in the country, Luca Garza. Yeah, and Luka Garza is a solid pick, and obviously anyone would want to take him first. Um, I went with Jared Butler. I kind of mentioned him earlier as just being one of the best guards that is returning from last year. Along with that, Ayo Desumu is also one of the best guards in the country, and he will ultimately maybe bring Illinois back to where they were back in 05, which Illinois fans would definitely love. For sure. And uh, with my second pick and fourth overall pick, I went with uh, Kay Cunningham. 
Um, obviously, the postseason ban will hurt them, but uh, him playing for his brother helps a ton um, with the play calls and stuff. And I can just see him putting up like crazy numbers, like triple double numbers with his height, size, and his ability to score and pass. Um, and then my last pick was Remy Martin for Arizona State. I mentioned him as being one of these veteran guys that continues to be the best player in the Pac-12. And I think this year will be no different, especially with guys that he can distribute the ball to, like Josh Christopher and stuff. I think Remy Bar Martin will be one of the best players in the country this year. Yeah, and uh, with my final pick, um, I went to Garrison Brooks. Um, definitely going to be uh, tough for him when you have so many other bigs in the team. You got two other five stars and Walker Kessler. And um, you got Armando Baycott still there, who is a former five-star. And then you got Sterling Manley and, like, other dudes. So, yeah, definitely going to be uh, hard for him. But I, I still think he's the best big in this team. And when North Carolina gets tight scoring, they just go to him in the post. Um, yeah, also another good pick. Um, lastly, give me your final four pick. And when I say final four, I mean teams that you could see making it to the final four with – you know, depth and other things that ultimately Final Four teams continue to show that help them get to where they need to be? Yeah, so uh, with my one seed, I went with uh, the number one team in the country right now, uh, Gonzaga. And uh, with my two seed, I went with the number two uh, team in the country, Baylor. So not the most crazy picks or anything. But with my number three seed, I went with Duke. And with my number four seed, I think this one will shock you guys. I went with Arizona State. Hmm. <laughs> I like that pick, though. I like that pick. Uh, my four teams were Baylor, Illinois, Nova, and Tennessee. Um, and all four of those teams just have a ton of depth and a ton of returning production that will ultimately help this team get to where it needs to be. Um, give me your national championship and who you expect to be playing for the Natty. Yeah, so uh, my national championship will be uh, the three-seed Duke versus the number one-seed Gonzaga. And ultimately, I think Duke uh, wins it all. Obviously, Duke starts off well, but I think they just get better and better as the season gets, goes on. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Illinois versus Villanova. Um, one of the best, like I said, the best 1-5 combo in the country against a team that I said may end up just like they were back in um, 2018. So Illinois versus Villanova for me. I'm going to go with Illinois. Um, you know, I've mentioned it a, a hundred times and I fully expect this team to be very good. And one thing that I think is key for them is the fact that they have to go through this brutal big 10 schedule. And if they get through that um, kind of undaunted, then I think this team will be tough enough to match up with some of these other programs that um, aren't necessarily going to go through that experience that Illinois will with such a physical big 10 schedule. That's fair. Um, and that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like, rate, review, subscribe. You know the drill. Um, we will talk to you again soon and have a great day. Peace. Peace.